0: Chapter twenty four of Household Puzzles by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter twenty four Theology in the Kitchen. Ermina Randolph curled herself into as much of a heap as she could, and placed a cushion for her head. It was Ermina's nature to make herself comfortable if the thing were possible. She was in Faith's room, making her and baby a little visit it was one of those cool evenings when grown-up people consider it their duty to shiver around the house with little shawls over their shoulders and feel it a positive luxury to have a baby in the house to furnish an excuse for making up a cheery blaze of fire Pearlie on the floor was cooing over the firelight shadows and faith sat very near the stove to shield the grasping hands from snatching at the brightness doesn't it go right she said in answer to ermina's long-drawn sigh not very ermina said ending the sigh with a little laugh things look mixed and life seems bewildering it has its bewildering side i'll admit faith said but after all that is generally because we want to admire the design before it is finished what is the superlative of your troubles why ermina said laughing it has none i guess THAT IS ONE OF MY TROUBLES. A REAL, DEFINITE, TANGIBLE SUPERLATIVE WOULD BE ENCOURAGING. BUT pin pricks AND MOSQUITO BITES SEEM SO INSIGNIFICANT IN THEMSELVES. YET, AFTER ALL, NO ONE ENJOYS BEING PRICKED OR BITTEN. CONSIDERING MYSELF THE PIN THAT DOES THE PRICKING, WHO OR WHAT IS THE MOSQUITO? YOU, A PIN! I FANCY YOU MIGHT PRICK, THOUGH, IF YOU REALLY WANTED TO. I DON'T THINK YOU ARE ONE OF THE SOFTLY PEOPLE but helen now is a real mosquito did you really ever see any one who had more talent than she has for making herself miserable i should think it would require a great deal of grace to endure some things which is what i haven't ermina said gravely and sadly my trouble has a superlative after all I'm just a baby in the Christian life, just groping and feeling my way when I might be walking firmly on high ground. I've wasted years and years. I know, the thought is a sad one and a solemn one, yet I think perhaps Paul meant that too when he said, forgetting the things that are behind. I suppose he made failures, but he thought that Christ's blood was powerful enough to atone for even failures, and his love strong enough to forgive them. I DON'T IMAGINE THAT PAUL KEPT LOOKING BACK AND SIGHING OVER THEM AFTER CHRIST HAD FORGIVEN THEM. DO YOU? I SUPPOSE NOT. YET AFTER ALL, IT DOESN'T SEEM QUITE THE THING TO DO, I MEAN FOR ME. I SUPPOSE IT WAS ALL RIGHT ENOUGH IN PAUL, IT WAS OF COURSE, FOR HE WAS INSPIRED. BUT FOR ME, I DON'T KNOW BUT PAST SHORTCOMINGS OUGHT TO BE KEPT BEFORE ME TO KEEP ME HUMBLE. BUT NOT TO HINDER YOU, FAITH SAID QUICKLY. "'When Satan begins to use past shortcomings as a chain by which to fetter our thoughts to ourselves, then it is time to forget them. Do you think Paul's inspiration was only for himself? I think God looked ahead and said, There are Faith Helstead and Ermina Randolph. They will need the same kind of warning or explanation or comfort that Paul does. I will have it written out for them.' Ermina sat erect, letting the cushions drop heedlessly to the floor." "'Does the Bible seem like that to you?' she said with eager eyes. "'I wish it did for me. I mean, to make it read so, actually written for me. It is pleasant, but very queer.' "'I don't see why,' Faith said stoutly. "'Of course it was written for you. Why, the very hairs of your head are numbered, the least little event in life planned for your good.' Is that any less wonderful than that God thought of your needs when he directed certain words to be handed down to you?' Ermina looked thoughtfully at her cousin and spoke absently. "'Your Bible is like Mr. Harper's.' "'I dare say, and like yours and Helen's and everyone's, if only we will not try to make it read Hebrew when it wants to read plain English. Is there anything unusual about his Bible?' only that, as you say, it seems to read for him and not for Paul and Peter only. He has strange ideas, he was speaking of his friends in heaven, and I ventured to ask him a question that has puzzled me ever so much, as to how a husband, for instance, could be entirely blissfully happy in heaven, while his wife was waiting in loneliness and weariness on earth. "'What did he say?' Faith asked, speaking in lower tones and shading her eyes with her hand for here was her weak spot in the chain. This seemed hard to her, who had all her friends in heaven, and missed them sorely and sadly. He said I had forgotten the force of that one word, eternity, that we measured time by comparison. If my friend were to spend a month with me, an hour given to some one else would seem a very trifle. The nearest and dearest friends you know can be separated for several months." and while they, of course, miss each other, they can still enjoy the life around them and be happy in the thought of the coming together. He spoke of that. He told me of his sister going to Europe, of how she missed him, yet of how much she enjoyed her journey, and what delightful letters she wrote him concerning it. Then he said his mother had been twenty years in heaven, but he thought that eternity was so long, so long, in comparison with twenty years, that the years dwindled into hours, and that she, looking forward over perhaps twenty years more of separation, said, only a day or two more and my son will come. I see, Faith said, still with shaded eyes and a voice a little husky. A year is only a half hour in heaven. I had not thought of it in just that light. Ermina rose up from her cushions. Well, she said, "'I've had my crumb of help and comfort. I'll go now to my sewing. I brought Mrs. Elwood's dress home to baste eleven ruffles on the front breadth.' "'I got my crumb, too,' Faith said, looking up brightly. "'So you see, we had an exchange of loaves.' Maria was the next caller. She sat on the floor, squarely before the fire. Maria never took the time to put herself into places of great comfort.' what a solemn face faith said gaily was the cake heavy no but the biscuit was sour why i didn't discover it they were just a trifle but enough to evince their relationship to this totally depraved world i wonder that any one has difficulty in accepting the doctrine of total depravity housekeepers certainly ought to believe in it the way applesauce works and bread moulds and milk sours and butter grows strong, is bewildering and distracting, to say nothing of the way in which the ants march into the sugar, and wretched big and little flies pounce upon and devour everything they can touch their feet to, and dust and cobwebs poke themselves in everywhere. I'm sick of the world. Faith's laugh rang out merrily. What a solemn procession of troubles! That is kitchen depravity, I think, flies and bugs and cobwebs and mould but no humanity humanity plenty of it there is evidence enough of humanity in helen to convince me that we all belong to that miserable old eve who had to please herself whatever the consequences i hope i shan't have to be on friendly terms with her for i know i should twit her about that apple if it was an apple it is quite as likely to have been a lemon for all i know to the contrary things and people everywhere seem awry and that is the whole of it i can't help thinking i could have made a better world myself that isn't the whole of it and that is just where you and i make mistakes it is only a little tiny corner and the rest of it we can't see at all take care Pearlie. no no Pearlie mustn't touch you can see how wise he thinks he is the blaze of the fire is beautiful and he is determined to have it in his hand HE THINKS I AM A CRUEL OLD OGRE, KEEPING HIM FROM HAPPINESS. I HAVE TRIED ALL THE EVENING TO CONVINCE HIM THAT I KNEW MORE ABOUT IT THAN HE DID, AND I HAVE BEEN WONDERING WHETHER I SHOULDN'T HAVE TO LET HIM BURN HIS POOR PRECIOUS LITTLE HAND, JUST A TINY BIT, TO CONVINCE HIM THAT THERE IS DANGER THERE. I SEE THE APPLICATION IN PART, MARIA SAID gloomily. ONLY I WAS TALKING ABOUT FLIES AND BUGS, NOT A SIGN OF A BRIGHT BLAZE DO I SEE and i was talking of the ignorance of both of you faith answered merrily you neither of you see but an inch ahead and you think you see and know all about it you both think you could manage things better for yourself if you could be let alone what do you suppose is to become of tom maria asked the question in the same half petulant half gloomy tone in which she had all the time been talking The transition evidently did not seem so striking to her as it did to Faith. "'Do you really suppose he is going to be a drunkard? He is pretty nearly that now by spells. But I mean, do you actually think he is going to sink down to that hopelessly?' Faith's face grew grave, and her voice was serious. "'No,' she said firmly, "'I don't. I can't think any such thing. I believe he is to be rescued.' "'How?' I DON'T KNOW. GOD KNOWS, AND I HAVE NO DOUBT HE IS PREPARING THE WAY. MARIA, I DON'T KNOW, BUT HE SEES THAT HE WILL HAVE TO LET TOM BURN HIS HAND. MARIA LOOKED UP QUICKLY. YOU MEAN SOME HEAVY PAIN. THROUGH WHOM COULD IT COME? THROUGH FATHER? AND SHE SHIVERED. I DON'T WANT THAT. IT SEEMS TO ME THAT GOD MIGHT MAKE HIM LEARN SOME OTHER WAY. I CAN'T MAKE Pearlie LEARN, FAITH SAID GENTLY. I have to sit between him and the fire, and I can't always do that. Sometimes I shall have to be moving about the room. It will be necessary for him to learn that there is danger. But, Faith, you are not God. He surely has ways. I think so, and warning of danger is one of his ways. Horace's death might have served for the warning, one would think. It was sudden and sad enough, but then tom doesn't attribute that so much to liquor as he does to helen well i don't know how it will end but it does seem hard that when father has but one son he must be a terror and a misery to him instead of a comfort they sat in silence for a little except for the soft cooing between faith and pearlie as she changed his white robe for his sleepy dress and cuddled the loving little head on her shoulder When his night lullaby had been sung, and she had laid him among the pillows, she came back to the girl sitting bolt upright, with folded arms, staring into the firelight. "'I should think you would want to pray for him,' she said, slipping down beside her. "'What's the use?' Maria answered coldly. "'I never could see that praying did any good. Father has been praying for him ever since he was born. I hear him sometimes at night.' You and I couldn't resist such prayers, but God can. What does it all amount to? I don't know, nor do you, Faith said, speaking almost sternly. And if I were you, I wouldn't dare to estimate what he might have been without those prayers. But what are you going to do about the answer? I tell you, he prays half the night sometimes for Tom's conversion, whatever that may mean. Anyway, it means something that he isn't what can you say to that?' "'Why, there is plenty to say. In the first place, Tom is still living. There is no proof that God doesn't intend to answer that prayer. And there will not be until he dies unconverted.' "'Why doesn't he answer it, then?' "'I don't know. Suppose you ask him?' In spite of the daring way in which she had herself been talking, Maria looked a little startled over this sentence." I'm sure I don't see why you shouldn't, Faith said. You like consistency, and you are quick to detect inconsistencies in other people. Does it never occur to you as strange that one who professes so great interest in Tom and anxiety for him should never make any attempt to interest the Savior in his behalf? It might do good, you know, and you must be certain that it could do no harm. There wouldn't be much faith about that kind of praying, I should think, I thought faith was an important item in prayer. There would be as much faith as you seem to possess, and it is possible that the attempt at prayer might increase your faith. I don't see how praying can do any good, and never did see. When things are prearranged for ages, what difference does it make whether I pray or not? How can it make any difference? I don't know, but my idea of God is that He is wiser than I am, I presume he knows. Indeed, I may say I am sure of it, else he never would have made prayer not only a privilege, but a duty. Well, but faith, are people called upon to believe absurdities? Take Tom, for instance. If God knows anything, he knows that Tom will either be a drunkard, or he will not be. And whichever way his knowledge reaches, settles the question. Now what difference will it make whether I pray for him or not? "'Why don't you reason in that way about other matters?' "'I do. "'I think in just that way about a thousand things. "'They will be, or they will not be, in spite of me, "'and I might as well sit down and await their development.' "'Then why don't you? "'If there is to be bread made in this house to-morrow, "'there will be, whether I set the sponge to-night or not, "'so I will just sit down and await its development.' "'Because,' said Maria, laughing a little, there wouldn't be. Not a loaf of bread made in this house from one year's end to another if I didn't do it. Not if it were determined upon ages ago? Well—and then she picked up a stick and poked at the coals—it doesn't seem the same when we talk about our bread-making and our sweeping. I know it doesn't, and it is just here that we make our greatest blunders, I think. We invest everything pertaining to religion in a hopeless kind of mist and then we sneer at it because it cannot be judged according to the rules of common sense. Well, just tell me how you explain any of it. The bread-making too, if you will. If it is really ordered that I am to make bread to-morrow, why, I shall make it, whether I want to or not, or rather, whether I set myself about it or not. Faith laughed. You may judge for yourself whether that sounds like your favorite word, common sense, she said pleasantly. But I understand your meaning. I don't pretend to explain it. If it were ten times more enveloped with mystery than it is, I should still believe it all, for God my father has put his seal to it. But when I want to speculate, I find no difficulty in thinking that he could have foreseen, and therefore predestinated, if you will, your ability and your willingness to make bread for us and that your reason and your common sense should show you the need for doing so then why should not my reason and common sense force me into doing other things that i ought to i'm sure i don't know faith answered gravely it is a question over which i have often puzzled maria laughed a slightly constrained laugh her common sense showed her plainly that she had shut herself into a very narrow corner She arose suddenly from her low seat. "'You may not think it,' she said, speaking earnestly, "'but I am very anxious about Tom, more anxious than I can tell you. If I knew how to do anything earthly or unearthly to help him, I would. The great trouble is, I don't know how. I'm sure I hope, if anything is to be done for him, it will be done promptly. I don't see what it will be, though. Meantime, I'll go and set that sponge.' I know how to do that at least. And that which was to touch Tom was coming swiftly all the time. End of chapter twenty four.